What's up, my friends? Welcome to Good Human, a show on the Cheap Seats Network where we chat about wellness, lifestyle, navigating this crazy world, and just doing our best to be a good human. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy. Hello, hello, and welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. How are we doing today? I hope you're having an amazing day. I haven't posted an episode in a few weeks because I got a cold right when I was about to record this episode. I've been waiting for my voice to go back to normal. I think this is as good as we're going to get for now. So let's jump right into today's episode. We're breaking up with diet culture and like really breaking up. This isn't going to be an on again, off again thing. We might even be blocking diet culture because that's probably what's best for us. We're not letting diet culture come crawling back into our lives. No more of that. On the real though, I will be talking about food today and counting calories and macros and disordered eating patterns. So if this episode is not driving with you, if this feels like something that you don't really want to listen to today, feel free to skip this one as always. This is one of those topics that I am super, super passionate about because I have quite the journey with my relationship with food and I do want to say that I am fully about people doing whatever they want like do whatever is best for you but I share my experiences with this stuff because I know there are other people out there who aren't happy and don't want to have like this twisted relationship with food and with their bodies so I share all this stuff not to say there's like a right or a wrong way to do anything but because it might help someone figure stuff out and work through diet culture and feel good and happy in their body finally. And that is the ultimate goal. I've already used the phrase diet culture a few times, so I thought we would kick this off with like a little definition. Everybody grab your dictionaries and open to page 47. Diet culture refers to a set of expectations about valuing thinness and attractiveness over physical health and emotional well-being which is literally just like our society summed up. Our society absolutely values thinness and physical appearance over our health and well-being. Like the amount of advertisements out there for weight loss that are just so bad for you, not only mentally, but like just physically bad for you, but it's encouraged and it's promoted because it makes you skinnier and it makes you thinner and it makes you more attractive to society's standards, which is why so many people have such horrible relationships with food and with their body and why so many of us struggle with this topic because we're brought up in a society where we're told we have to be thin to be beautiful and that our physical appearance matters way more than anything else, which leaves us with so much unlearning to do, which is exactly what I'm going to be talking about today. Unlearning diet culture, fat phobia, like beauty standards, it's all so tied together And the amount of stuff that we're taught and fed, no pun intended, about food that we're just made to believe is normal and even healthy when that's so far from the truth. And unfortunately, a lot of this is related to money making. Corporations, businesses want to make money off of you. And the best way that they can do that is to make you feel insecure so that you buy products with promises of making you no longer insecure. And it's just, uh, it's all tied together and it's a bunch of BS and let's just get ready to unpack this all today. So as the young, influential teen that I once was, I of course just wanted to be skinny. I was probably in like my most influential teen years from like 2010 to 2015, which 
if you recall, was like peak thigh gap time. And I think even more so than that, I wanted to be thin because I wanted to be regarded as beautiful and I wanted to be seen as beautiful because I wanted to be liked. And I think that sets a very unhealthy foundation for really needing a lot of external validation to feel good about yourself. I thought that other people liking me, other people thinking that I was pretty would make me like me and that just never happened. So throughout those years, I followed the like get skinny in 10 days Pinterest workouts and I developed a really unhealthy relationship with food. I very much so categorized foods as good or bad. There were foods that were completely off limits that I would not allow myself to have and that of course would lead to a lot of overeating. I had no control over food because I didn't understand it. The way things were presented to me in media was that food was bad, like food makes you fat and the less amount of food you can eat, the skinnier you're going to be and just like saying that back, it is so warped and like so sick and twisted. The whole like no food tastes as good as skinny feels like is so messed up. But that was the kind of stuff that I was seeing and I was hearing and I just, I thought this is just like how life was. Like you just spend your days not eating the foods you want to eat and being hungry. Oh my god, the feeling of being hungry, like I know it all too well because that's what the world was teaching me. I'm gonna skip forward a little bit in my timeline, but there's definitely a whole lot more I could say about sort of my teen years and the really impactful things that I heard and saw and learned during that time that were so damaging and I didn't realize it at the time and it wasn't until years and years later that I realized how disordered my eating patterns were and my exercise patterns. So there's definitely a lot more there to unpack but for the sake of today's episode, fast forward to 2017 when I actually got serious about fitness. I really wanted to commit to working out regularly At this time, I still had no idea what I was doing. I still had all of those really unhealthy ideas surrounding what it meant to be healthy and what food and exercise looked like. And if you listened to my last episode, then you know the whole reason why I really got into fitness was because I joined Beachbody, which is a multi-level marketing company that I dove all into in the last episode. So if you're interested in that, check out the last episode. But starting this journey into living a healthier lifestyle, I absolutely use that as a means of control. Like I could now control what I was eating again and the way I was working out just to be deemed as like healthy. Like, oh, she's she's just fit. She's really healthy now. Like she's into fitness and health. But like I said, I still had all of those really unhealthy and disordered thoughts around food and exercise and I was still just eating and working out to look a certain way and that way was to be smaller, to be thinner, to be skinnier. Like that is still what I wanted so badly because I wanted to feel good about myself and I thought that was how you felt good about yourself. Once you lose that 10 pounds, then you get to feel good about yourself. Not to mention that I am already a pretty small human being. Like I'm only five foot two, so I've always been on the smaller side. I've always been thin And to think that, like, that wasn't enough, like, 120 pounds wasn't small enough, I needed to be smaller than that is just wild. But for the first time in my life, I was actually consistently working out and following, like, a structured program. It wasn't me just walking on the treadmill for an hour and then doing, like, sit-ups because that's, for the longest time, how I thought 
everybody was supposed to work out and how you got skinny. So at this time in my life, now I'm actually following like a workout program. I have like weights that I'm lifting now and I was definitely starting to build muscle. My body was changing a little bit. Of course, it was never enough. Like I was never actually satisfied with the way that I looked. There was always some other goal that I was trying to achieve. Again, usually trying to be smaller or like eventually trying to get a bigger butt because that then became introduced into the beauty standards. But diving so headfirst into this fitness world definitely sort of re-triggered that control issue that I had while I was in high school. I was like extremely controlling about the things that I ate and the way that I worked out. And once I got into college, I, I sort of let that go a little bit. But getting into fitness and actually seeing my body change ignited like this new sense of control that I needed to have over fitness and food and what I looked like. And I was enjoying everything I was doing and I was feeling good, but only when I was up to my standards on that stuff. Like if I missed a workout, I would beat myself up so badly. And I was so obsessed with making sure that I got all my workouts in. And I was so obsessed with the things that I was eating. And again, this was all sort of covered in the guise of she's being healthy. And I could try to convince myself that at the end of the day, I was happy, but I was never satisfied. And I was exhausted, constantly thinking about food and working out. And it is so interesting to me to hear other people's sort of like fitness journey stories, because so many times I hear very similar things. Like they got into health and fitness in a really unhealthy and exhausting way, obsessing over stuff, dieting, over-exercising, having intense guilt over food and restriction like it's such a common thing that we hear because I think there's a lot of dangerous behaviors associated with health and fitness it just gets overlooked because health and fitness is supposed to be a good thing for you but it can come with so many unhealthy behaviors so back to that time in my life like 2017 on where I was so submerged into this health and fitness world and it really came before almost everything else in my life. Like I would skip out on things that I wanted to do if I didn't want to eat certain things or drink alcohol. I would skip things because I needed to get a workout in. Like it was just so mentally unhealthy. So I have intermittent fasted. I've just like straight up counted calories. I've counted macros. I have tried to eat low carb. Like none of it was healthy or sustainable for me. And I was after all of these types of diets just to look a certain way. And it's wild how much I let my appearance control my life for the majority of my life. Like, it's very sad. I laugh, but it's very sad looking back on it. It has really only been the past, like, two years of my life that I have relinquished the power that my appearance holds over my life. I want to talk a little bit more about my experience with counting macros because I think that's something that's really pushed in the fitness community that absolutely does not work for everyone. I think if you have a history of like obsessing over food and having controlling behaviors and having a rocky relationship with food to begin with, counting macros may be dangerous for you. So I'm not going to go into the details of like how to count macros. This is not going to be a, a lesson on it because I don't necessarily support it for everyone. And that was absolutely the case for me. Like it, it did not work for me. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about that, but I will just briefly give an overview on what a macro is. So macro stands for macronutrient, and there are three macronutrients. You have your protein, carbs, and fat. Calories are made up of those macronutrients, like protein, carbs, and fat. Each gram of those things have a calorie amount associated. So 
the amount of protein, carbs, and fat in a food makes up the total calorie content. And those macronutrients have different benefits to our bodies. Carbs give you energy. Fat is good for your skin and hair. It's essentially a more detailed way of counting calories. And some people are even more precise with it. They will weigh their food out to get the exact gram measurements so that they know like exactly how many grams of protein, carbs, and fat they're getting and calories from those protein, carbs, and fat. Looking back at that time in my life when I was counting my macros, I just, I don't think we give our bodies enough credit. Like, I don't think the average person needs to be mathematically figuring out how much of each macronutrient they're eating every day. Your body will let you know when it's hungry and it'll let you know when it's full and you can have a well-balanced diet without weighing your food out and, and so meticulously measuring what is going into your body. I know there's so many people that really advocate for counting your macros and once again I will say if that works for you that is great but for the average person I just I don't know that it's necessary and I think sometimes it can do more harm than good. So I specifically started counting macros when I wanted to really get serious about gaining muscle. I knew I needed to be eating enough to gain muscle, so I tracked all my food for months. It took a ton of effort to plan my meals out in order to hit my macros. Like, I would do it in advance the night before. I would pre-plan everything I was eating, which gets very hard to, like, live a normal life because you can't always predict what's going to happen day to day. And I found myself in a lot of different scenarios where what I had planned to eat, like it just wasn't going to work out. And that was my first issue I had with counting macros is there was not enough flexibility for what I needed. So I was just eating to get food into my body. It got to the point where like I was not enjoying meals anymore. I would eat like the same kinds of food all the time just because I knew it fit my macros because I wanted to gain muscle, because I wanted to make sure I was eating enough, I was forcing myself at times to finish food when I wasn't hungry anymore, and I was still avoiding tons of food that I labeled bad, that had bad macros, and I was realizing that I was like force-feeding myself to hit macros, and I was micromanaging everything that went into my mouth. It was time-consuming and mentally draining, and that's eventually why I stopped counting macros, I think in like fall of 2019, And it felt so weird at first. Like, this was truly the first time in my life that I stopped tracking what I ate. Because when I was in high school, I wasn't counting macros, but I was absolutely counting calories. And I don't think that ever really stopped. Like, I just had the caloric content of so many foods memorized. And then eventually had, like, the macronutrients of so many food memorized. Which, again, can definitely be useful. And I think I did learn a lot in the time when I was counting macros. But for me personally, like, these things just would consume me and it just triggered that controlling part of me. And in 2019, this was the first time that I, like, fully relinquished that. I was like, I'm not looking at nutrition labels anymore. I'm done doing this. I can't mentally and physically sustain this anymore. I consciously decided that I wanted to fully heal my relationship with food and I was ready to commit to that and I knew it was going to be mentally hard I had a pretty disordered relationship with food for like all of my teen years and into adulthood. But like I said, I I stopped looking at nutrition labels and I started letting myself just eat. We hear the term intuitive eating nowadays, which to me is just eating, like doing what your body is meant to do, listening to myself, eating when I'm hungry, stopping when I'm full. And it was scary. 
because that's not how I ever lived my life. That's not what I was taught was like healthy, especially in the fitness world. And it was in this time that I think I really realized how disordered my relationship with food was. Like I said, I had the calories of things and now macros of things memorized to the point where it was like still second nature for me to just start adding things up in my head. Like I would find myself in the shower adding up what I had eaten that day to make sure that, you know, I was I was hitting the right macros and it took a really long time to get out of that habit of doing that. And my biggest fear for so long was if I let myself eat what I want, I will never stop, I'll be out of control, and I'll gain all this weight. And I did. I gained weight. I gained like 15 pounds. I don't know how much I weigh anymore because I did end up throwing my scale away because that was another thing that just wasn't benefiting me in any way. But through that weight gain, I eventually sort of like plateaued, I guess. I stopped gaining weight at some point because I learned exactly what my body needs. And now this weight that I sit at, I feel like it is like the weight that I'm meant to be at. I was putting my body under so much stress to maintain a certain number for so long. And the weight now where I've balanced out at is a weight that is obviously so maintainable for me. Like I still work out. I still don't track food and I haven't gained any weight in probably like a year. Like I think I've been at this size for a year now. So you do, you get to the point where your body sort of figures out where it needs to be at because again, I will say our bodies are so much smarter than we give them credit for sometimes. I thought I'd just keep gaining weight forever and ever and it would never stop, but you learn to listen to your body and your hunger cues and just live and that is what I've wanted for so long, like, I get emotional talking about it. I just wanted to live. I was so envious of people who just lived their life and they didn't think about food 24-7, but I didn't think I could have that because I was so obsessed with what I looked like. So I'll say again, this is not a message to tell everyone to stop counting macros, but if you are feeling guilty about food, if you're feeling like you're getting really obsessed with what you're eating and how you're exercising, I would probably advise to not count calories. I, I personally have a pretty obsessive personality which has led me to have these issues with food and exercise in the past. So I find that for me, micromanaging what I'm eating like that just does not work for me. And the mental toll that it takes on me and on my life is simply not worth it. Not only is it not worth it, but I've learned so much about myself and about the way I view myself and now sitting at the heaviest weight I ever have, I finally feel those things that I chased after for so long. All of the feelings of confidence and happiness and self-worth that I thought would just magically come once I looked a certain way or hit a certain weight never came until I healed my relationship with these things. And from the day that I stopped counting macros and really decided to work on this, it probably took like at least a full year to grasp, but I'm at the point now where I honestly feel like I have healed my relationship with food, which is just the best. And the more time passes, the more connected I feel to my own body and the more healed I feel, which is exactly what I needed. So if you also have that sort of obsessive controlling personality, you know how easy it is to lean into that. And trust me, I understand, like, I love having that sense of control in every aspect of my life, food and exercise being one of them for the longest time, and it's so ironic because I thought doing all of this stuff made me in control of food and exercise, but really those things controlled me in my entire life, so it takes time and effort and a conscious choice to work through these things, but trust me, you can heal. 
something that really helped me sort of flip this diet culture mentality on its head where I was constantly restricting what I ate and telling myself no and taking away things is adding things. You've probably heard people say this, but I think in terms of trying to eat quote-unquote healthier, it really is not about cutting things out because you're gonna be super sad and miserable that way. Like food brings us joy and it's meant to bring us joy. It's meant to be enjoyed. It's not meant to make us feel guilty. And so you can add things in. You don't have to cut things out. Eat all the things you love and enjoy and maybe add a vegetable in there. Add more fruit into your day. Add more things with fiber and protein. And when you think of it from that perspective of what can I add to my day instead of what do I have to take away, you're forming a framework that is positive and it helps eliminate the labels of food being good and bad. And it's all just food. Some food makes my body feel good and some food makes my soul feel good. So I eat that. And within this process, the other thing that has taken a lot of effort on working on is my perception of myself and my body image. And I mentioned before how I always thought that achieving a certain body would make me confident and it never did, no matter how much I changed my body. I used to always try to lose weight and be smaller and it never actually made me feel better. So now I really, really advocate for working on feeling good in your body as it is versus trying to change it to feel confident and happy. And I'm not necessarily against weight loss, but I am against the idea that the smallest version of you is the best version of you. That is just simply not true. Your body does not equate to happiness or confidence or even health. And I don't really like speaking to weight loss because I've never been at a weight where I was treated differently or where it impacted my life negatively. I have only ever experienced weight loss from a thin girl trying to get thinner. And our society is so rooted in fat phobia. Like, I was scared of getting fat for the majority of my life. I felt shame for my weight ever going up because we're taught that fat is bad, bigger is bad. And while we all feel the impact of this, I don't experience fat phobia as a fat person. It has huge impacts on people's lives. Like in the medical field, for example, the discrimination that goes on in the medical field amongst fat people, they, they do not get treated the same as a thin person. A thin person doesn't get their health concerns dismissed because of the size of their body. And that happens to fat people all the time. And body size does not automatically equate to health. Like, I follow so many strong, healthy, active women who are not thin-bodied. We've got to move past automatically assuming someone's health based on their body. And that goes the other way too. We see thin people and we just assume that they're in good health when that's not necessarily the case. Not to mention that it's nobody's business what anybody else's health is like. Having a fat body does not mean you're unhealthy, and having a thin body does not mean you are healthy. And I think there are so many disordered eating patterns that are just sort of deemed as like normal and healthy, especially in the fitness world. And I feel like I could probably like continue to talk on this topic. I am going to jump into the Q&A because I did get a couple questions from you guys that I want to dive into. But if you want a part two on this topic, let me know because I'm sure I could keep going on and on about it. So the first question that I wanted to answer that I got was how to not feel guilty when eating unhealthy food. I think part of figuring out how not to feel guilty when you eat certain foods is first understanding why you feel guilt. For me, I associated foods as good or bad and I put moral value on them. Like bad foods are foods that make you gain weight, which I want to emphasize that no one food just makes you gain weight. 
But because I realized I feel guilty when I eat these bad foods that I'm afraid of making me gain weight, I had to even then like dig a little deeper and think about why I was even afraid of gaining weight. And all of this takes time and it does take a lot of thought. It's not always like a super easy quick fix because of how much this stuff is rooted in our world. But I realized that gaining weight is okay. It's not something that I need to fear because I am who I am. I'm not my body. And anybody that wants to be in my life just because of my appearance is not somebody that I want around anyways. So I had to break down that food is not good or bad and gaining weight is not bad. And that's like all what I mean when I say how fat phobic our society is. Literally for the longest time, my worst fear in life, the worst thing that I could imagine happening to me was gaining weight. And it sucks because we can't change the way society is overnight. So that means even when you've sort of changed your mindset around all of this stuff, you're likely still going to face negativity from the world we live in. But when you stand strong in your beliefs and you build confidence in yourself and the more of us that embrace ourselves and aren't afraid of food or of our bodies, then we can set up change for the future. I always feel like I sound like the stereotypical like beauty queen when I say stuff like that. Like, let us create a better world for our future children so that we can have world peace. (laughs) But I did want to point out, and this is something that I said in an Instagram post lately, but like this is the key. Your truth is the truth. The way you perceive things is your reality and the way you interact with things is your reality. And as much as we have these societal norms that suck, we have to remember that there are actually no rules. Like all of this stuff has just been made up and you can literally live your life however you want. So that was a long-winded answer, and I know that's not like a fun, easy answer about how to not feel guilty eating certain foods, but I promise you that the work and the effort that it takes to sort of work out all that stuff is 100,000% worth it. The second question that I wanted to answer is, I get nervous about the holidays and gaining weight when I'm eating more than usual. Any tips? I will start off by saying that the holidays and like this time of the year used to be a huge stress inducer for me because of the food situation. I had such a control and such a routine with food in my day-to-day life that when it came to the holidays, I was going to be in situations that I'm not usually in. I was going to be presented with food that I don't normally surround myself with. So this was absolutely a scary time of the year for me, so I totally understand how you feel. And I guess the first thing I'll say is, You don't want to look back on happy memories and remember how you said no to dessert or like chose the salad when you wanted the burger or overexhausted yourself by forcing a workout every day. I've been that girl and it was never worth it. Like no food I skipped out on or workout I made myself do actually ever made me feel better. I still felt guilty over every little thing and I still just liked my body. Like none of it was worth it. So I will say again, something that has helped me is adding stuff in instead of restricting. So eat breakfast the day of holidays like you normally would. Don't save up calories because that saving up often leads to the restrict and binge cycle. Like you tell yourself you can't have something. So then the food has this power over you and you often end up overdoing it because that's a natural response to not allowing yourself to have something that you want. And then you can't stop thinking about it and then you binge on it and then you feel guilty. So remind yourself that it is just food. You can have as much as you want or as little as you want. There are no rules. 
taking the pressure off and removing the power from food has helped me a ton, especially around the holidays. Um, But I will also say that you're not alone. And I know that doesn't like really fix the problem, but sometimes it's just nice and relieving to know that you're not the only person in the world feeling this way. So trust me when I say I have been there and there are probably tons of other people that find this time of the year really stressful regarding food as well. So focus on what you can add in to your meals this holiday season and really remind yourself that like these foods don't just have to be holiday foods. That was something that I really struggled with where the kind of foods that were presented to me around the holidays were foods that I would never let myself eat outside of a holiday which would then cause me to go way overboard during the holidays because I knew I wasn't going to be allowed to have it later on and so that is probably like the biggest mindset shift that I would encourage really really tell yourself and believe it that you can have these foods whenever you want if you want pumpkin pie on January 2nd you can have pumpkin pie on January 2nd and I want you to allow yourself to have that pumpkin pie on January 2nd because that's how you build trust with yourself. When you allow yourself to have that food you wouldn't normally have in a time when you normally wouldn't have it, and you see that it's all okay, you let yourself know that, oh, I I can have this. Like, this isn't just a Thanksgiving food or a Christmas food. Like, I can have this whenever I want. And that's what takes the power off the food. It makes it less scary. It makes it just another food. And at the end of the day, that's all this stuff is. It's just food You can have it whenever, there are no rules, and you have to really believe that and really practice that and really put a lot of trust into yourself. I don't think I realized how much of this journey for me in sort of like healing my relationship with food would come from building trust with myself. So much of the restriction mindset that I had was because I didn't trust myself around certain foods and I didn't realize that for the longest time, but Like I wouldn't even keep certain foods in my house because I would go overboard and I would eat all of it all at once because I would restrict myself from it for so long and that's how it's all interconnected. You start labeling foods as good and bad, you start restricting the bad foods which then makes you not trust yourself around those bad foods and then the restriction leads to you craving it and craving it and wanting it until you just can't deny yourself any longer or you're presented with that food finally and you eat way too much to the point of like feeling sick and then you feel guilty because you went overboard and you feel sick so then you restrict even harder which then just restarts the cycle and so much of that was about me not trusting myself and once I built more trust with myself and let myself eat that food and I saw that I could eat it and I could have it in my house and it didn't have to control me and it didn't have to have this power over me is when I built even more trust with myself and then that sort of created like this new cycle that is much healthier and a much more positive snowball effect that in the end resulted in me having so much trust in myself where I don't feel like I'm afraid of food anymore which again was like all I wanted for the longest time. So another long-winded answer, I started to go on tangents with this, and I really hope when I talk about, like, myself and my past experiences that it doesn't come off as though, like, I'm just talking about, like, me, 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 because that's not at all what I want. I hope that me sharing these experiences can just help to, like, give a little bit more context to this whole topic. So with that, I have two more questions that I wanted to touch on. Um, Someone just asked, thoughts on intuitive eating? And I kind of touched on this earlier, but... I think it's funny that we've named it intuitive eating because it it really is just eating. Like, eat when you're hungry, 
stop when you're full. It's just how our bodies naturally do their thing because our bodies are intuitive. So this, I guess, is what I do now. Like I currently intuitive eat and I love it and I'm so thankful for discovering this. I just don't really call it that. I don't know. For some reason, intuitive eating still gives me like weird diet vibes. Like I I just live my life and I eat and I trust my body to do what it's meant to do. And I am the happiest I've ever been this way. So if you're thinking about like learning more about intuitive eating or thinking that like this might benefit you, I would absolutely look into it. I know there's so many books on it and there's so many Instagram pages on it. I follow this woman on TikTok. Um, She's on Instagram too. Her name's Steph Grasso. Grasso. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Um, But she's a registered dietitian and she makes super fun, cute content that's like really, really helpful and has been definitely one of my favorite follows in terms of like a truly healthy, balanced lifestyle and intuitive eating. So I would definitely check her out if you're interested in learning more about that. She is a great resource. And the last question that I want to include in this is how to get rid of cravings for bad food. And you probably already know what I'm going to say by now at this point, but food is not bad and cravings are also not bad or something that we have to suppress. In my experience, suppressing them only gets you on that cycle of telling yourself no and then obsessing over it and then craving it more intensely and then you eat more than you would have if you would have just allowed yourself to have it in the first place. I think craving is definitely a word that's got like a naughty connotation in this diet culture that we live in. I know I used to try to find like healthy replacements for the bad food that I wanted and it usually didn't satisfy me because it's natural for your body to want something. And when you're not giving it that thing that it wants, it's not just going to go away. Like you're still likely going to want whatever it was that you wanted in the first place. So I would firstly challenge that perception of food and of something being bad. I spent so long trying to combat cravings and get myself to eat healthy all the time when that wasn't what I needed to put the effort into. Like I needed to put the effort into healing my perception of food and removing that power it held over me. So I know it's hard and like it feels opposite of what we're taught, but I would encourage you next time you have a craving for something, just have it and see what happens. Like let yourself eat whatever it is you want to eat, but really, really be present while you eat it. Like really think about how it tastes and how you're enjoying it and be mindful of when you're done. Be mindful of when you're full and when you don't want anymore because even the most delicious foods we'll get to like a natural stopping point. I used to worry that I would go overboard and eat too much of something bad all the time if I let myself have it. But when I started eating what I wanted when I wanted and like actually listening to my body, I would A, either get full or B, it would just like eventually naturally stop being satisfying and that's when I'd stop eating. So take that power back. Food does not have to control you and again our bodies are so smart. Like they set us up in so many ways to help us and keep us feeling balanced and energized and you have to listen to it and stop fighting it and trust that it's got you. It's doing what it's meant to do. And I did want to end this episode by saying that if you have the means to do so and you feel like it would be beneficial to you, I would definitely reach out to a professional. There are people who, like, this is literally their whole job is to help us with stuff like this because it is so common to struggle with food. And if you don't have the means to work with a professional one-on-one, another really great resource that I love is Abby Sharp. I watch her YouTube videos. I don't know if her channel's called Abby Sharp or Abby's Kitchen, but A-B-B-E-Y. 
I would absolutely look her up. She has amazing videos. She's so knowledgeable. She uses like science-based evidence and I just love her and she has been a huge help in my journey with this stuff. So with that, I will wrap up this episode. I hope that you guys enjoyed this one and more than anything, I hope that it was beneficial in some way. Like I said, struggling with food to whatever degree, whether it's something that is like consuming your life or whether it's something you might not even really notice, it is something that is very, very common in, in the world that we live in. And so I hope that by sharing my experience with stuff, it can help someone in some way. Oh, I also wanted to mention, I posted on the Instagram story of Good Human that this week I am starting something called Seven Days of Something New. So I've been in like a total fitness rut lately. So every day this week, I'm just doing a different type of workout just to kind of see like what I'm feeling so I can do more of that. So in the bio of the Good Human page, I have the seven days of something new linked and I have links to a video on YouTube for every day of the week. So yesterday I did a Pilates video. Today I'm doing a full body dumbbell workout. I have like a dance video. There's boxing. There's a whole bunch of stuff. So I wanted to mention if you wanted to do this with me or if you just like needed some ideas of some workouts to do from home, definitely check that out. And be sure to follow the Good Human page because that is where you can stay up to date and in the loop on everything Good Human. Also going to plug my own IG if you're interested in following. It's Abby underscore Wellner. And I'm realizing I don't think I said what the Instagram handle is for Good Human. It's just at Good Human Pod. On my personal Instagram overall, I'm just a lot more active on that page. Just my day-to-day stuff if you're interested. If not, no worries. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to leave a rate or review, that would mean the world to me. But if not, just you being here listening means the world to me as well. So as always, thank you so much for tuning in and supporting this podcast. And I will talk to you next time. See ya.